Welcome to episode 61, part two of the Big Fly Pod with your co-hosts, Vinny D'Amato and T. Lou. Um, if you missed part one of this episode, go check it out. We cover quite a bit on the Corbin Burns move, as well as Bobby Witt Jr.'s extension and plenty of other minor transactions that happened. But for now, we are going to cover the outlook for the 2024 Boston Red Sox. Um, Tyler, this is a team that was not as competitive as they were hoping for last year and in a very tough division might find themselves giving up before this year even begins. There's still quite a few talented players on this team and um, they have a lot to offer. What are some things and, you know, start wherever you want and we'll just kind of go from there. But what are some things yeah. that you notice about this team of, you know, they're doing this well or maybe they need to focus on this and as the season goes on? What are some focus points for fans to watch as we dive into 2024 for the Red Sox? Well, Vinny, first off, a wonderful intro. You did an incredible job right there coming from a guy who uh, could always, always use a left-hand man, and you're my left-handed man. You're also a lefty. Well, I, I learned from the time. best, and you know, I've been watching, watching you for a little bit, so you know, I think it's, you know, you taught me everything I know. So thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're, you're the starter and I'm the <laughs> coach comes out. Coach comes out. You're believe me. We, we need a long reliever a lot more times than uh, <laughs> we think we need. I mean, Vinny, you look at this team, man. First off, lefty heavy in the lineup, which is a good thing and a bad thing, right? Um, the reason I bring that up is that they've made quite a few moves that have now kind of form their lineup to look a little differently as we roll here into the season. I am thoroughly excited to watch Vaughn Grissom get a chance. And of course he came over in the Chris sale trade. That uh, was a, a big, big trade. And uh, many people looked at and said, Oh, the Braves are fleecing uh, the Red Sox. And I don't think Chris Breslow would have made a move like that. If, uh, if he didn't feel like it was the right thing to do, they got a lot of money off the books. Um, they did send money their way, but they added a very nice, young, talented player to who really kind of got sort of blocked in essence of Orlando Arcia kind of taking that spot from him. So I would say a lot of young talent to really look out, uh, look out for from this team and you also see Tristan Casas in his, in my opinion, his second, excuse me, his second big year. And I think he's going to put out a very, very good year for them. The guy is ultra talented, very patient, very disciplined hitter that I thoroughly enjoy watch. Uh, a weird player uh, in general, just an odd dude. But hey, weird plays, man, especially in the game of baseball. So those are some of the bats in the lineup. You have Devers, you have Story, you have Yoshida, you have a lot of these guys but my last guy, of course, is Tyler O'Neill. You know, you talk about not being blocked, but you saw really a lot of uh, influx of outfielders. They moved Jordan Walker out there. It felt like things weren't right in the clubhouse, too, um, because maybe that he can outbench and squat any of the coaches on the staff and probably could bench or squat uh, Marmel at the at the head uh, head first step of their dugout. So this guy's going to get a new chance. He goes in with Alex Cora. Cora is obviously one of, you know, it, it, in many people's opinions, one of the best player managers in baseball. And we've seen success that he's had. 
I can see him really taking O'Neal to the next step as long as O'Neal can stay healthy. So those are just some of my takes there on the on the uh, lineup wise. I'd love to get your thoughts on the lineup too, uh, but also you know around that rotation because that's it's it's interesting. Yeah, um, you know, looking at this lineup, I'm going to cover their transactions here in a sec. But this is a lineup that would probably compete in most other divisions. Like you put this lineup in the AL Central and they're favorites. You put it in the NL Central and they're competing, right? So it's really not a bad lineup at all. Um, some of the big transactions you mentioned, they signed Tyler O'Neill. He's uh, got a one-year deal. So it'll be exciting to see him roaming out there and left. Um, you mentioned the Vaughn Grissom trade. They got him from the Braves. That was huge. And their other big one was signing Lucas Giolito for two years. He instantly kind of becomes their ace of the staff. So we'll see if he can kind of figure out some of his old, you know, 2021 magic that he's had and kind of lost. So there are some big question marks, but also some very high potential. Looking at their lineup, let's go um, left to right in the outfield. It looks like they have Tyler O'Neill, Jaron Duran, and Willier Abreu, who I am very excited for out and right um, from left to right. What makes you excited um, about Abreu? Well, He's young. I like that. Right. That's a good start. Um, I think some of the things like, so let's, you know, just looking at his AAA numbers last year, he hit 22 home runs in 86 games. Like those are some big power numbers. He struck out at a 20% clip, which is pretty good and walked at a 16% rate. So some excellent numbers that obviously show he's a very talented hitter, but also can hit for power. Right. And so that's exactly what you look for when you try to, predict these next breakouts now willier is not a guy who is going to light the stat sheets on fire i don't think he's going to hit you know 40 home runs but he's going to be a contributor and i think you know he may not hit the top of the lineup they have a pretty good um top of the lineup there but he's going to definitely contribute and um could you know move up up that lineup pretty quickly um so that's left to right again o'neill jaron duran and willier abreu left center and right um, around the diamond, third base, Rafael Devers, shortstop, Trevor Story. Second base is where Vaughn Grissom will slot in. And first base, Tyler, like you mentioned, Tristan Casas, one of the most exciting young first basemen in all of baseball. Super powerful guy. Can't wait to see some of his pop in Fenway. And then Connor Wong is slotted behind the plate. Again, really not a bad lineup, not a bad defensive setup either. They're just in such a tough division that, you know, they are not close to any of those teams that they're competing with. And it's unfortunate because I'm really rooting for a guy like Devers. I think Devers is a fantastic player. Jaron Duran has a lot of excitement to him. Um, I think most people are rooting for a Trevor Story comeback. Would have loved to hear Christian's thoughts on Trevor Story. Maybe we'll ask him on the next episode. But uh, Tyler, you asked about the rotation. Now, Giolito, again, I'm a fan of, right? Just like we mentioned with Cease last episode. He's got a very, uh, what's the word? He he throws. He he doesn't miss time with injury, right? Giolito is a workhorse, and I think that fits very well at the top of that rotation. Uh, Brian Bayo is another guy with, you know, I think he's only going to get better. He he showed some fantastic flashes last year, and uh, he's only going to get better as he gets a little bit older. Um, I don't think he's got ace upside, but. He's definitely a good SP2. Then they kind of thin out. Nick Pavetta is a good SP3. Cutter Crawford is a good pitcher. Tanner Houck. I think Tanner Houck is destined to maybe end up in the bullpen at some point. 
Agreed. Um, he kind of reminds me of Chris Sale, but I think he's going to end up in the bullpen. So they have some question marks throughout their rotation, but um, again, nothing you know that says huge major red flags that this team is going to collapse. You know, next year, something like that, or even this year. So um, lots of intrigue, but also a few question marks. So Tyler, what are your thoughts on that uh, starting rotation? Well, I think it's really going to come down to what Brian uh, Bayo does because, like you mentioned had some really, really nice outings last year. He actually was great in fantasy because you kind of knew what you were going to get from him. You know, just a solid player last year, uh, 4.28 ERA, 164 innings, 145 strikeouts to 58 walks. You know, you kind of see that across this entire rotation, lower walks, higher strikeouts, which is going to be critical, right? Um, so I am thoroughly excited to see Kim Bayo really turn into a nice starting pitcher too. And I think that they're hoping that he's not their starting pitcher one because they really do hope that Lucas Giolito does have a really nice bounce back year here that I think as a, as a hand up as a baseball fan, I would love to see Lucas, Lucas Giolito kind of turn it around a little bit. His change up hanging in the zone, as K-May mentioned, it seemed like it was in the strike zone every single time he was throwing it. And of course, when you're doing that and don't have a lot of depth, you're going to be seeing that ball uh, end up in the seats. So I like Bayo a lot. Cutter Crawford's interesting. I I thought Tanner Houck, when I saw him two, three years ago, was like, this guy is legit. And I just think that with his arm action and his windup and delivery, it's just so unique that it's going to be much more valuable coming out of the pen in that seventh or eighth role position not talking closer because I don't think he's a closer quite yet, but you kind of saw it even like when Chris Sale, you know, during the World Series run, obviously he was dominant in pretty much every fashion when it came to being a pitcher, but you saw him come out of the bullpen and just absolutely dice up Manny Machado and, and a lot of those top end hitters from the Dodgers that year. I kind of see how turning into a lower version of that because of the arm action and how weird it is from that angle. And I love to look into the numbers when it comes to stuff plus and all those things and see like, do does his stuff match up to being a elite setup man or seventh inning guy? It looks like you might be looking up those numbers right now, but I think overall, if, if I'm looking at this right now and you can get, one of these guys to be at a 3-5 ERA, okay? 3-4, 3-5 ERA. You're looking at more like Bayo or, or Giolito to do that. And then you kind of have one other guy that stays just below, just under four, and you can have three other guys be in that four range. You might find yourself some way, somehow, having a shot at a wild card position. Um, but unfortunately, it's looking a little bleak right now based on the fact that they just have quite a few holes. Um in the rotation when it comes to trying to make a, you know, a playoff spot. So, yeah, I, um, I was trying to find the stuff plus list in order, but I can't seem to find it at the moment. So I won't spend too much time. We won't spend too much time um, on him. Yeah. I think it's that, interesting. Um, I did want to mention one thing to Vinny, you know, talking about payroll and everything, because I think it's really fascinating to see how these teams put together, what their future is going to look like. We saw Chris Sale get moved, um, and we've seen other guys seen to get moved as well, like Alex Verdugo, who, again, it wasn't working out with Cora. There was obviously some beef, uh, obviously some beef there, but you extend Devers, which is the right thing to do. Trevor Story, I hope this deal doesn't come back to kill him 
because he's getting 22 this year, 22 and a half next year, 25 and 26, and then another 25 in 2027. None of those are player opt-outs or club options, would more importantly, club options. So he needs to perform. And I think if we remember Trevor Story, the younger Trevor Story when he was in Colorado was elite. Okay. If he was on any other team, he probably would have been uh looking at an MVP like candidate season, right? Other than that, Yoshida, he's on a very he's on I know he's around 18.6, but last year he obviously showed that he deserves that money. He's a quality baseball player. Giolito, of course, gets that player option uh next year. So we'll see. Other than that, you're getting a lot of money off the books, dude. You're getting a lot of money, and I think that's what they're setting themselves up for. Vinny, do you think do you think going to get a guy like Jordan Montgomery is actually going to help them potentially get a playoff spot this year? Do you think it's worthwhile to just sort of go with what you got right now, go in the next offseason, you get Jansen off the books at 16 mil, Chris Martin at 7.5, Nick Pavetta at 7.5, Tyler O'Neill at five uh, five 5.8. You're really, I don't know, man. This, the, In my opinion, I, I'll, I'll let, let, let me turn it over to you. What do you think? Yeah, and so when I think about stuff like that, right, like the direction a team is taking, you look at their payroll, which you did a great job outlining, right? They have quite a bit of money on the books, but also some that's going to come off over the next few years. And when I look at that, I think, okay, well, do they have guys in the pipeline, right? Like who is coming up after this money comes off the books? And some of the top guys are extremely intriguing. and. Marcelo Mayer is a prime example as to why they may not care if Trevor Story lives up to that hype because they may have a guy better, right? So Marcelo Mayer is um, currently in AA for them. He may even make a AAA or MLB appearance at some point this year if he pushes the door down, but he's had some fantastic numbers. He's their number one ranked prospect um, and, and well-deservedly so. Right on his heels, though, Tyler, is a guy named Roman Anthony, who is just electric. Like, guy is, he's an outfielder. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, he hits lefty. Again, another lefty. Weird that they have so many lefties um, in, their, in their ranks. But um, last year, over three levels, he started in um, single A and then made it all the way up to double A. Um, hit 272 with a 403 on base percentage. Um, 14 home runs, 16 steals in 106 games. Um, guy's just got electric stuff, and he's kind of an all-around five-tool, five-category player. So look out for Roman Anthony because, you know, once Lucas – or I'm not Lucas Giolito, I'm sorry. Once Tyler O'Neill either figures himself out or doesn't, right, this is kind of like a gamble for them. Hopefully Roman Anthony could be ready. Um was an outfield with Willier, Brayu, Roman Anthony, and Jaron Duran. It's a pretty solid lineup. That plays. That plays. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. And so you ask the question, right? Like, what are they doing? Where are they going to go? And I think their direction or their arrow is up. And so, yeah, signing a guy like Jordan Montgomery does make sense. And I think a lot of Boston fans have wanted another arm because that's definitely a weak spot for them as, as their starting rotation. It would allow them to move a guy like Hauk into their bullpen. Only makes you better um, in those later innings. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that they could be a playoff team. Um, you know, they're obviously good enough. I think they would need 
the Blue Jays to kind of fall a little bit, which is absolutely within the cards with how they're looking right now. Uh, the Yankees as well. You know, I know they got better, but um, when those rivalries come down to it, we've seen it, right? It, it just, it's one game of baseball at a time. And so you still got to play, you still got to win. And uh, this team could figure it out. You know, like you said, Alex Cora, great manager. They they could definitely figure some stuff out. So I'm not going to put it past them to be a world, um, I'm going to say World Series, but a playoff team. I think they definitely have what it takes. They might just need some luck to roll their way. And yes, they would need to sign a guy like Jordan Montgomery or I don't know if they have the money for a Blake Snell. Um, maybe even a, dare I say, Cody Bellinger? Like, I, I doubt it. I, I don't think so. But, um, you know, there's a lot of question marks still out there. So we'll see how they fill their holes. I think, though, they're probably done with their lineup. I would imagine anyone that they sign would be a pitcher from here on out. Yeah, one other thing I want to mention about Roman Anthony, which I think is like, when like looking at like numbers when it comes to some of these prospects, I think it's so impressive when you can see a guy who goes up to a new level and does well in a short span of time. I always find that to be very impressive in just 10 games when coming up to double a this past year, the guy had a 343, 477, 543 slash line, a 1020 OPS, and he had 12 hits in 10 games. Like this dude obviously is elite beyond the other guys in that in his category and right now they got him ranked 24th in the top 100 and the red sox four guys in the top 100 and you get a lot of money off the books next year a lot of people are now screaming right they're gonna and this is actually kind of interesting that i i had a, a opinion about them until we've kind of taken a deeper dive in this team which i always that's why i love doing these things Vinny, is because you kind of mm-hmm. can change your opinion when you say oh, I see what they're doing here now. Because real, a lot of people are saying the Red Sox just aren't going to do anything. The Red Sox don't have anything. And it's like, well, if they go and get something right now, they could be blocking something for their future. And Breslow, who came in, changed the entire pitching situation with the farm system with the Cubs. And we are seeing, and we're going to see the benefits of that as the next couple of years come around, right? So... What Breslow is saying, hey, I'm going to get a bunch of arms in here, What you got with the Verdugo deal. I'm going to get a nice young core in here, guys like Grissom and um, and other names as well. And then, mind you, I got a catcher on the way, okay, in Kyle Teal. Yeah, Kyle I got Teal, my yeah. out, my outfield that's going to be set with Roman Anthony, Duran, uh, and Abreu. And, and mind you, they may get a guy like Cody Bellinger. Who knows, right? But. It does feel like they're just like that one move. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. They are. Well, I was just going to say the last thing I want to mention is I did hear, though, that Marcelo Meyer did have an injury riddled year this year. So I'm Mm -hmm. wondering is, is that do you think that he is going to be able to continue to elevate and get himself into a spot where he is going to be ultra successful and be the top prospect? Because when he was drafted, everybody thought this is an absolute, you know, this is an absolute their light up here for for the foreseeable future yeah so. it's um it's it's interesting because i think i i want to say it was a shoulder injury that he suffered um so those are always kind of tough to see how guys will respond i think that's one of the scarier injuries in baseball right like tommy john's fine even like acl tears we've seen ronald acuna jr come back from that like better than ever so Shoulders, though, can be a little scary for um, hitters and pitchers. We'll see if he can bounce back. Um, 
yeah, he obviously didn't post very good numbers last year, but he still, I think, you know, got the stuff to do that coming a year off of a surgery. I think he's only going to get better, but um, yeah, it might take an extra year, right? Maybe, you know, and maybe it's a good thing that they still have story to at least plug that hole for a while. Um, but, you know, if it's not Marcelo Meyer, uh, you did mention some things about Roman Anthony. I'm still looking at him because I'm just obsessed with, you know, you mentioned how in those 10 games he had 12 hits. He also had eight walks in 10 games and six strikeouts. So clearly his plate discipline and ability to see the strike zone and see pitches is also phenomenal. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for Roman Anthony. Marcelo Mayer, I, you know, will watch him throughout this year, I think, to see, you know, does he rebound? Does he kind of look more comfortable with his shoulder? Um, or how does that kind of play into, you know, maybe he kind of changes his style a little bit. You know, we'll see. So, um, but either way, lots of young, exciting guys. And Boston's never really, I don't think, shied away from spending money, right? Like, they're obviously a huge baseball organization. So we'll see, you know, whether or not they're willing to spend this year. But if it's not this year, I got to imagine they're going to start trying to spend a little bit more next year and, um, you know, really trying to bring someone in to fill up a hole, like, like a bigger guy, like a Jordan Montgomery or, um, you know, a bigger bat or something like that. 78-84 record last year. Over-under, you think, in wins? Uh, Over-under 78. I, you know, I think it's got to be under, unfortunately. I'm not going to say that it's impossible, but I'm leaning towards under. What about you? I'm going to go under because right now the way that they're set up is for a lot of trades to be made at the trade deadline. Tyler O'Neill, Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen. Um, yep. It's And if they do start to falter, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to sell those one-year deals. And and maybe even at this time next year, we see them dealing a guy like Lucas Giolito, right? Like he comes out and has a great year. Oh, look, he's still got a year of control. We're going to send him off for some some good prospects. So I think they're making good moves, but it may take a while for those moves to come to fruition. I'm totally, my computer screen is totally frozen too right now, and I am not, I cannot see you. So um, I apologize. I cannot this, but um, yeah, well, I don't know if there's anything I, else you want to say about the Red Sox I don't, or anything. I think we did a wonderful job breaking that down. And uh, to everyone, we're going to now, we're doing a little bit of a new thing. We're going to now roll into our final segment of episode 61, where we're going to talk about the New York Mets. We'll talk to you again here soon.